back. But we're back in our series with the Holy Spirit because last week I ended up preaching a different, ser- a different sermon. The person who hadn't come to our church in over six, seven months but watches our service online uh, had showed up to service uh, because the Lord was speaking to her about something and, uh, and she just didn't want to do it and she was having an argument with the Lord. You know, some of us do argue back to the Lord. Uh, so to those of you great people who never argue with the Lord, uh, we do. I do, especially sometimes. Many times I argue back. Uh, I'm like a, a very spoiled child. <laughs> so then uh, she was having an argument with the Lord and, and she said, okay, I'm gonna go to church today. And uh, if you really want to speak to me, you can speak to me in the service. And then she said, you would not believe the same verse God was speaking to me from was from Genesis 22. And I come in and you're like, I changed my sermon to Genesis 22. I was like, okay, I hear you, Lord. You're really screaming out loud. And it was a very, very powerful moment uh, for me and for her. And then and, and just to know that, that God would uh, disrupt the whole service because he cares about you. But in this service, I don't think he cares about you so much because we are in the same sermon, okay? We're, we're back to the series. So if uh, either you didn't pray a lot or he doesn't really, you know, you are not on that top priority list. So <laughs> we're in the Holy Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you're following online, you can go online. It's the same notes from last week. It should be there. So if you're looking up on the notes, it's from the last week's notes. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to the followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of his people, the church. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit is given for all of us. It's not given to one person to have a lot of followers on TikTok or Instagram. It's given for all of us to be benefited by it, okay? It's very important to understand the gifts because there's a lot of misunderstanding about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we saw for a couple of weeks, we saw on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that's what everybody has and everybody should have all the fruits. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, everybody will have one and, 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 and some people will operate in all of them, but it's very rare you'll see people operate in all of them. But uh, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. You'll realize that the gifts are not, it cannot be bought. There is no books out there that you can read and, and harness your skills on having these gifts. It's just the Holy Spirit gives them and it's, it's all about him and it's about the benefit of the church. It's for the whole church. It's not for one particular person. It's important to know and understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. See, the Bible, Apostle Paul says, listen, I want you to have a complete understanding and knowledge about the gifts of the Spirit. Because all of these, uh, you know, weird teachings and weird movements happen because of our misunderstanding of the Scripture and not knowing the Word of God. We are in a time where the Holy Spirit really doesn't move, move mostly in the American church because we're so embarrassed about the Holy Spirit or even saying the word Holy Spirit. You know, it's like it's a little bit of an embarrassment. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that. That's, that that's, it's almost like a bad word. We would rather say a bad word than say Holy Spirit in the church because it's just this awkward thing. We don't want to offend anybody. But the Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. It's very important to understand how powerful and how biblically important the Holy Spirit is. Okay, so it's important to know and understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is the same Holy Spirit, but different gifts, different ways to serve, different ways the Spirit works. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 and 6, it says, these are different kinds of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord 
There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in every, every one, it is the same God at work. It's the same Holy Spirit that's doing the same thing, but it's different. Some people might, might, might pray for healing in a different way than somebody else. Some people might pray for deliverance a certain way than somebody else. Some person might, might interpret the, the tongues in a, in a different way than somebody else. So it's, it's going to be different in how people work, but it's all the Bible says there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it's the same Holy Spirit. You know, when I was uh, in kindergarten, um, I don't like, I think when I was in third grade, uh, field hockey was very big in America. I have not seen anybody play field hockey, only ice hockey and stuff. But field hockey is like really big in, in India uh, and uh, in that side of the world, in Australia and England and all of that. Field hockey is big. So in third grade, I really started liking field hockey. But my parents couldn't afford $2. That's what it cost to get a field hockey stick. So here, what, here's what I did. I had a tennis ball and my mother's broom. So that was my field hockey. So, but what, what it was, was my mother's broom was not heavy like a field hockey stick. So I would play with it with just one hand. So I, I practiced hockey with just one hand and a, and a tennis ball. And I did that all the way till I was like in the ninth grade. It was just us practicing in my house. I was a world champion in my house. In the living room, I was, there was nobody better than me. Okay, so that's how I played field hockey. But later on in ninth grade, there was an opening in our high school to play field hockey for the school. So when I get into the field hockey team, they give you like, uh, one of my friends gave me a field hockey stick and, and uh, I started playing with it, but I practiced for so many years using one hand, just one hand. And uh, I never knew how to hold it with two hands now. So now I don't know how to play with two hands because I practiced half my life with just one hand. So I played field hockey with one hand. And it would always shock everybody when I play in the team because they're like, how is he playing with just one hand? <laughs> and then they'd always doubt that I can shoot a goal because it's very difficult to shoot it with, with one hand. But I trained so long with just one hand, I would shoot it with just one hand. And it would always shock the goalkeepers. They're like, we weren't expecting that. We weren't expecting that. It's just different kinds of work here. It's like sometimes it's just, you know, the Holy Spirit too works differently. So all the way up to high school, I ended up leading my high school team as the captain of the field hockey team because of how I played. And it was always, it was just, you know, people would always laugh. The other team would be like, come on, hold the stick with two hands. And I was like, I don't know. My mom's broom was just, you know, nobody taught me how to play with two hands. It wasn't like my mom was a field hockey player. <laughs> She'd just be like, put the broom back where it belongs. That's all she would say. But uh, I was a field hockey player like that. But that's the whole thing. Sometimes we learn to do some things a certain way in the Holy Spirit. And it might not look the same like somebody else, but it's still the Holy Spirit. If God is moving through your life a certain way, it's just the Bible says there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it's the same God who's at work. As long as God is being glorified and being lifted high and people are getting saved, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. If that's not happening, then, then we start questioning those things. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to each person for the good of all. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. So even though the point says there are seven, it's actually verse 8. To each person has been given the ability to manifest the Spirit for the common good. So each person has been given the ability to manifest the Spirit for the common good. So for each of us, the Holy Spirit has given us a gift for the common good. It's not just so that you look cool compared to your sister or brother or the person who sits next to you. It's for the common good. It's for all of us to be benefited. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to each person. Okay, it's for everybody. 
It's good. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to each person as he decides. One, he gives it because it's for everybody's good. And two, he decides. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So that's where the secret comes out. You can't really pay for the Holy Spirit. You can't give $100 to the church and be like, I need, I need the gift of healing. Because nowadays, people sort of sell the gifts of the Spirit. Like, if you come to this seminar, you will get the healing gift. It's like, wow, that seems to be very easy and unbiblical. Because in the Bible, it says, it's the one and only Spirit who distributes all the gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So it's like, I am not the Holy Spirit. I don't get any decision. I don't even get a decision on what gift I have, let alone what you have. It's like, there's no say in my own life. Like, how do you think I'm gonna have a say in your life? It's the Holy Spirit who decides. The Bible says, he alone decides. Because he's looking at for the good of the whole church. He's like, this is what you need to have for this moment for the good of the church. It's not about you. It's about the church. And so when, when you see, People, and especially when you see different things, uh, tele-evangelists and different people, they're like, you know, you know, stretch your hand towards me, and, and when you touch my hand, you will get healing. It's like, no, you will not get anything. It's like, if you're getting something, it's something weird. It's like, uh, like nothing should be happening. Because the Bible, you know, they tried that in the New Testament. In Acts of the Apostle, the apostles were, were here delivering and, and doing different things, and there was a guy who came up and said, hey, I like that power. Oh, what's that power? And they're like, this is the Holy Spirit. And he's like, can I just give some money? Like, can I just give money and get that? And they're like, no, no, no. That's not how you buy the Holy Spirit. He's not up for sale. Like, you cannot get the anointing or the power of the Holy Spirit by giving money. It's like, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. It's like he shows up in anybody's life when he wants and does whatever he wants. It's, it's him. He has his own say, he's God. So when you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, the gifts of the Holy Spirit move in and through your life depending on what he feels is needed at that moment. It's not you can just give it away or, or you read these five books, read these five books, and then you will know what gifts and how to manifest in those. No, you'll be manifesting, but it's not the gifts. <laughs> it's like it's definitely not the gifts because the Bible says it's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He's the one who's giving them out. And he alone decides which gift each person should have. So it's between you and the Holy Spirit. Has, there is no mediator in between. There is no money. There is no books. There's nothing. It's only the Bible and God and the Holy Spirit and you. That's it. You're just, God, would you use me in this way? And that's all. And that's how it happens. Okay? It doesn't matter what gift you have. We all are equal and have a part in God's kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 27, it says, you know, like there are different parts of the body. But you can't tell one part of the body, like the head can't tell the leg that, ah, oh, you're, not, you're not good, I am not going to uh, hang out with you. It's like you can't tell the person who speaks in, in the prophetic that your gift is not valuable because I am with the healing group. It's like the Bible says that's not how it really works. So if you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm just pulling up this one verse here. Just give me one minute. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 onwards. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, I, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. You cannot, just because you have a certain kind of gift, 
say, no, my gift is more valuable. I'm not hanging out with these people. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, no, no. All the gifts are given for all people and everybody has a gift. Nobody's giftless, okay? The Holy Spirit is not one of those people shows up to a party without a gift. If you invite him, he's coming with the gift. You're gonna get some gift. Now, what gift it does, we don't know. But the thing is, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit have the equal importance. There's not like, oh, look at you with the healing miracles. Come to the front row. It's like, no, that, that's not how it is. The Holy Spirit is, all the gifts are the same. It's the, the bag, the bags, it's not like, you know, like when, when, uh, when you go to a party, it's like, it's not like, uh, you know, the bigger the gift is, it's like, you're like, place your gift in this prominent area. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, the number one reason the Holy Spirit's not moving in the church today is because the Holy Spirit, if he's not invited, he doesn't bring gifts. How many of us, when we throw a party, are upset at people who don't give gifts and they weren't invited? Like, you're like, you know, I'm so upset with my neighbor. I didn't invite him, but, you know, common courtesy. You should have seen all the flyers and the balloons in my garage and should have just dropped a gift over. Like, even though he wasn't invited. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you don't just, like, wow, I was driving by and I saw you were throwing a party and I thought I'd just give you a gift. We don't give gifts to people who don't invite us. It's like we give gifts to people who invite us. So the same way, if the Holy Spirit is invited into the church, then with him comes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It comes along with him. But the church, especially in America, sort of said, you know, Holy Spirit, you're not invited in the service. We don't want you to do anything because you're a little awkward. And the Holy Spirit's like, guess what? I'm not bringing the gifts. And we're like, you know, the church is really dead. We're not seeing the move. We're not seeing anybody get healed. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, that's, uh, it comes with me. It's my gifts. Like, I'm not giving gifts to people who don't invite me. Like, he's like, you know, he's not coming to a party that he's not invited to. If you invite him, then all the gifts are, are fully evident and they're moving and they're working. That's why in churches all over the world, they see the move of the Holy Spirit because they invite the Holy Spirit and with him comes all the gifts. He, he brings every gift. He never shows up to a party without a gift. Like every party, he shows up with all the gifts. And we'll get to see the different kinds of gifts. It doesn't matter what gift you have, we all are equal and have a part in God's kingdom. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit have a part. Some believe that some of the gifts have ceased. This is the biggest argument that, that, that's going on, going on right now. People are like, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have really ceased, they've really stopped. And then we also want to see the Holy Spirit move. It's like, it can't be both. It's either he stopped or he didn't. It's like, he stopped, but he's still giving little, little gifts. It's like, no. It's like, that's, that's not how it works. It's either he's there or he's not there. It's either the gifts are present. It's like, why is he picking and choosing? When he's the one who said that all gifts are equal, why is he picking? Like, nope, not the first four. It's like, have you ever like tried to play a game and, and it's so rigged, it's like, and you're trying to win, nope, you can't do that. No, can't do that. It's like, what can you do? Like, it was like an experience when I went to see my son play, uh, do wrestling for the first time. I was used to street fight, so then I go to see wrestling, I'm like, what can you really do with this? Because it seemed like there were so many rules. I was like, what can you do to just bring the kid down? Just punch him in his nose. <laughs> just, just, you know, punch him in his nose and just make him lie down. And my son was like, dad, you can't do that. What can you do? What can you do? It's like, it seems like you can't do anything. You know, it's like, like I was trying to figure out what can you do? It's like the same thing. It's like, we, we, we put so many restrictions to the Holy Spirit. It's like, nope, can't, no, not the tongues. Holy Spirit, okay, sure, what, what would you like? The healings, when we ask for it. Okay, sure. It's like, but again, it can't be like, it really, 
we can't let people know you're really moving because then, then we have to accept you. It's like, that's not how all of this works. So sometimes people believe that some of the gifts have ceased. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 to 10. This is one of the big reasons that they believe that the gifts have ceased. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So people basically say, see, eventually the only thing that never perishes is the love of God. So, but the prophecies, they sort of are failing away. But also it says that the tongues, they will cease and the knowledge will vanish away. But we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come. So here's where they, they don't go to verse 10. They just stop at verse 9. And they say, we know in part and we prophesy in part. And that's about it. You know, prophecy is ceased and, and, and uh, tongues have uh, stopped. And the knowledge, the gift of knowledge has, has stopped. But if you read in verse 10, it says, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So to understand what is this perfect, you go to Revelation chapter 21. And it says, well, yeah, what is the perfect? It says, and the perfect God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So this is when the perfect has come. Every tear from their eyes will be wiped away. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things will pass away. So it says one day, eventually, we're going to go to heaven, and we'll all have no tears, no pain. This is the perfection. How many of us, of you, cried this week for some reason? If you're a parent, you cried because of your kids. They did. Jesus, help me. You know, you go to your room and you cry. And you come out like a, like a real fighting parent. Like, I got this. You're like, Jesus, I don't know what to do with my kid. It's like, uh, you know, it's like if you didn't cry, then you're in the perfect world. You know, there's the no more sorrow or crying and no more pain. Like, how many of you got up this morning? You're like, wow. Especially if you're older. If those of you are younger, you don't have any kind of pain. But once you cross the certain number, for me, it was 34 it was like once I got to 34, I remember I was sitting at the back of the service looking at this projector screen and at this one service and next to this youth kid. I was like, do you feel like that thing is a little blurry? And the kid was like, Pastor, I think you might need this. And, and the kid gives me a glasses and I wear it. And I'm like, wow, it's really clear. What happened to my eyes? It's like I had never worn glasses till I was 34. And it was like a revelation on a Sunday morning sitting at the back in the sound booth. And I was like, what is this clarity that I've been missing? When did this stop in my life? Like, it was just like an eye-opener. You know, it's like the Bible says, when the perfect comes. See, when, when there's a perfection, which is basically when we get to heaven, there's no need for prophecy. There is no need for tongues. There is no need for any of the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit when there's perfection. But till then, what we are doing even now is not in full. It's just in part. Because all of this will be fulfilled in completion in heaven, but, the, but it's not ceased. People think that it's ceased, but we need the Holy Spirit more than we have ever needed before. The world needs to see God more than they've ever seen before because there's more doubt and hurt and, and more things and easy accessibility for people to question God. Like if you Google and say, is there God? There'll be millions of things that people say that there is no God. There'll be different groups telling you why there is no God. And, 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 and making you doubt. And so there is a need for the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit more than ever before because we need God to show up and, 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 and for us to be able to see. In, our, in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 20, the Bible says this, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. 
They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything, they will, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And then the Bible goes on to say, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up in heaven and sat on at the, at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. See, so sometimes people use this word and say that, that, the, that the, it was just for the disciples when they went out and preached. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how, what I signed up for. It's supposed to follow when I preach too then. What is this miraculous less preaching thing job? Like Jesus should have said, it's stopping with the eight disciples. After that, anybody who preaches, it's like, I'm not showing up. You're on your own. Like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Like, when did the, this whole promise stop? The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. And his, his command to the people has never changed. Jesus says in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 28, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations unto the uttermost parts of the world. And I am with you till the very end. So Jesus said, I am with you till the very end. What was the end? Was the end like when the disciples' life was over or till the very end of the earth? Because if it was till the very end, then the end is still not yet happened because we are still here. When we are no longer here and in heaven, that's the end. That's the end of what Jesus is saying. Till the end, he's like, so this promise of him of doing all these things is till the end. So one of the first verses I read when I got saved, when I went to Bible college, was Mark chapter 16. And the Bible said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They will, uh, they will lay their hand upon the sick. That was what was really cool for me. Verse 18, they will lay their hand upon the sick and they shall recover. I was like, this is really cool. I read it and I was like, what is this? Nobody told me about this. And it's like, then I read it again. And it says, these signs will follow those who believe. Okay, I believe. And then it says, you'll lay your hand upon the sick and they shall recover. Let's go try it out. So then I just went to downtown Minneapolis. I was like, I'm going to just try this verse out. And uh, because I read it and I believe. And I was like, I'm going to lay a hand on somebody who's sick and they better recover. It's like, uh, I was out there. And I went out to downtown Minneapolis. And there was this one guy in a cast. Uh, yes, I was one of those weird people. I just walked up to him and I was like, hey, can I pray for your hand? Like just, I've never done this before, never seen it happen, never worked. What's going to happen? Max, your cast is now broken. You're going to have to go get a new one. <laughs> That's the max. You know, I just, I'm just looking for a volunteer. And I ended up praying for him, and instantaneously, God healed him. Instantaneously. And that was when I was like this. I was like, this Bible is really powerful. And I was like, I need to try out more things. And I was like, and then I started reading the Bible more. And it says, and the mute will speak. I was like, you know what? I need to try this out too. And I started to pray for people with every kind of sickness. You know, today I stand here having prayed for people with all kinds of sickness. Prayed for people. I remember they had called me to a service to pray for this one lady. And uh, she, had, she had never spoken or was able to hear. So she was mute and deaf. Uh, and, and just had never spoken a word from the time she was a kid. They said she would make little noises when she was a little child, and then one day she just stopped it. She had never spoken. She was an older lady, so she had a little book on her lap, and, and you would write on it and, and give it to her. And, and so when I went up there, I, I wrote on it, said, can I pray for you? And, and the family had invited me. And then uh, she took the book back, and she was going to write something. And right when she was going to do that, I sat down next to her, and I accidentally touched her. 
And right when I touched her, she turned around and looked at me and said, do not pray for me. And for over 30 years, she had never spoken. And the year a demon was holding her life for over 30 years as a mute and deaf spirit was in her life and she had never spoken. And her whole family was like, did she just speak? I thought the same thing too. And when you go back to this verse, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 20, the Bible says, these signs will follow those who believe. Now, some people do some stupid stuff, which nobody does this in India, okay? I found out they do it only in America, somewhere in Texas. They be taking snakes and be like rolling around in the service. Those are all dumb stuff. You can't do that. You will get bit, you will die, okay? <laughs> like if you're like, ooh, look at this. Like, okay, you're gonna die for sure. <laughs> you can pray. If God is gracious, you might get healed, but for sure you're gonna die. Uh, that's, that's not for that. This, you can't try that over there because that's basically your testing the Lord. It's not about you. It's about, you can't, that, like actually you were doing a service, like Apostle Paul was in a village and he's doing some work and, and uh, like they got off the ship and, and he's shaking some wood over there and from the wood comes out one snake and bites his hand and he just shakes it off and yeah, he was doing a service he was ministering to people and he was there. He was on a journey to do something with the Lord. He wasn't catching a snake and playing around with it. That's not for that, okay? It's not really for testing out like that. Uh, but, but the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay their hand upon the sick. So when you pray for someone, the Bible says people get healed. People get delivered. I was in a service in northern India. And uh, I remember wrapping up the service. We had this one older lady who had come up and got prayed we prayed for her, and, and she came back, and she's speaking a whole different language. I don't know what she was speaking. And I'm like, well, what is she saying to our translator? And he was like, no, no, no. She said that she was uh, blind in one eye, and she came up, and you prayed for her, and she can see. But her other eye, she could always see, but she's wearing glasses. She would like that other eye to be healed. I'm like, dude, get the lady back. If God can heal her blind eye, we could work with the glasses. Come on back up. <laughs> we will pray for your glasses. And uh, we ended up praying uh, for her for healing. But the thing is, I know who I am. I don't have any miracles, or I don't, I don't really do much. I don't even exercise all that well, okay? <laughs> so it's just really Jesus. It's really the Holy Spirit who moves through your life. It's not something, I don't have any special prayer. Um, I don't have special verses I read. Uh, there's no special exercise. There's nothing. It's just you and the Holy Spirit. And when he sees there's a need for doing something, he just shows up. And if you believe in him, and if you trust in him, he'll just use you. And as we're wrapping up, the Bible says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, earnestly desire every gift. It says, pursue love, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. We'll look, next, we'll look at it next week, why prophecy is one of the most unique gifts of the Holy Spirit. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. It's very important that you ask God to use you in your life in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not in our points, but I want to jump to it and, and wrap up today. Christ gives gifts to the church. So Jesus gives gifts to the church. The Holy Spirit gives gifts and Christ gives gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible says this. So Christ himself gave gifts to the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So Christ himself gives gifts. So I just want to remind you guys, the prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, which is me, and teachers, we're all gifts from the Lord. 
So I am your gift. You can't say no to it. It's this is what you have, okay? If you don't like it, you're gonna have to find a different gift. But uh, it's to this church, I am the gift that Jesus has given. But the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Next week, we'll look at the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives and why it's very important for the church. The more you invite the Lord into your life and into the church, God moves in the service very, very powerfully. So when people walk out, it talks about how people's lives are changed and transformed. When you hear of this baby that the doctors and the nurse walks into the room and they're like, no, 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 we've always seen babies in this stage of life always die. We can't believe this baby is completely getting normal. It's just a miracle. That's because that's what the Holy Spirit does. When the church as a body prays, God always shows up. Would you stand with me? The Bible says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Pursue love. Remember, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very, very important and needed in the church. More than any other time, they're very needed. So for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move, you are very important. God needs you to believe in Him. God needs you to earnestly desire. I shared this in the first service. One of the only prayers that I've prayed more than any other prayer in my life is God don't use me. Because when I was, when I had got saved, I'd see God move and God healed so many people week after week, day after day. And eventually as I was, I became an evangelist and I was traveling around the world and preaching the gospel of Jesus and seeing hundreds of people get healed and delivered, the opposition from the church was the worst. You know, people's jealousy and, and hatred towards you. I'd go into services to preach and pastors would come up to me and be like, hey, listen, don't pray for anybody. We don't want you to pray for anybody. We, we don't want this whole thing. We, do, we just don't want it. And it's like, I'm like, wow, sure. And eventually I got to a place where I was like, God, I just, I just want to preach the gospel. I don't want to be used by you. I don't want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's perfectly fine with me because I'd seen it so many times in my life, but the opposition from the church has been so much that I'd got to a place and every, every day when I get up, I'm like, God, don't use me today. I don't, I don't want to see your gifts. That's the last thing I want to see. I just, I just want to see people get saved. I don't want to see any, any healing. I don't want to see any deliverance. I want to see people get saved. And it just became a prayer in my life. When I became a senior pastor here, you know, I made it a promise that we would encourage our people to use the gifts of the Spirit. I wouldn't be one of those pastors where we're going to be like, you can't use your gifts. This is not the place. I, I want to be the guy who encourages you to use your gifts because I know how much and how hurtful and painful it is when somebody doesn't allow you to use your gifts. And I want our church to be a place, especially for the young people, to be able to use your gifts. If God is using you in the gift of healing, I want you to pray for someone to get healed. If God is using you in the gift of prophetic, I want you to prophesy. If God's using you in the gift of interpretation of tongues, I want you to interpret, interpret tongues. I want you to feel safe in our church because we want to see God move and God use people in the gifts because it's for the benefit of the body. All of us are better when the Holy Spirit moves versus when the Holy Spirit doesn't move. And so I wanna encourage you, you know, if you've never seen the Holy Spirit move in your life, would you pray, the Bible says, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Father, we just come to you today and I earnestly pray that your gifts would be evident in the life of this church that people would see every gift of the Holy Spirit in their life in a powerful way, manifesting in every service. Lord, I pray that you would prepare us to receive and to see the Holy Spirit move. And as your word says, now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
and love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.